Hi, I'm Jeff Gritman. Hello, I'm Kristen Kist. And we're the co-authors of Prison Dad, a series, book series, of comedic science fiction stories. And we're here today to talk to you about... Vampires! Right, in a podcast I like to call, Are We Finally Done With Vampires Yet? <laughs> American Horror Story ended this week, you know, with their little vampire, you know, jaunt. So. Yep. We have not over. ventured into that world yet, but we are planning to probably in one of the upcoming volumes right. of The Adventures of Leslie Gum. Right, right. Um, I am a huge vampire fan. Mm-hmm. Kristen watches pretty much goth. any any vampire movie. Yes, I, I really do. I was a little goth when I was in high school, and I got very obsessed with um, the whole vampire genre and the idea about vampires, um, so primarily starting because I was obsessed with Gary Oldman from watching Sid and Nancy, and he portrayed Dracula in mm-hmm. um, the very intriguing and strange Francis Ford Coppola film. Yes, we'll get to that later. Yes, we will. I, I, I never had a problem with vampires when I saw them as monsters, but then I, I remember what turned me off to the genre was Wes Craven's Vampires. Oh, God, that movie is so boring. I know. I, like, watched it once, and I was like, what? How Never is this about again. vampires? Yes. So, so let's boring. let's start off by talking about what, to, in our minds, like, like what characteristics does the vampire have? So I, I'm big on the can't go out in sunlight, otherwise you burn. Right. You know, that, that, that's the thing. The, the, the animalistic need to feed on human blood. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it. The reflection... Right. I, I'm I'm big on like the, there's no reflection in yeah. the mirror, and you know definitely nocturnal. Yes, yeah, definitely um, nocturnal. Right, can't go. Yeah, has to be sort of separated from human society. Um, this is correct. Yes, and I also kind of like the original ideology around vampires, which was a, a religious and you know sort of religious iconography. Um, that that was the reason why they existed and why they. And how they die, you know, I mean, because I was raised Catholic, so all this sort of like pageantry around that idea of of being a vampire and how it was, you know, an abomination against God and, you know, sort of you're struck down from being a part of humanity. Right. That fascinated me. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, let's let's. You know, in the fangs, definite fangs. fangs, teeth, right, yes, gnashing, right, uh-huh. because you have to have some way of of getting the blood. Now we'll talk about some of the other films and movies that have played around with. That right. Idea. So if we if we look at like characteristics that I don't think are very vampiristic is you know the retractable. I think if you're a vampire, they're out your fangs all the time. Not the True Blood style where they can look at you. It's like ah, look. Look, yeah, my things like, came out. You they, know, she was going. I think for kind of like a reptilian. Thing yes, where, exactly. You know, like obviously, when the snake's going to feed the teeth, pop the teeth out. pop out, right? And now, you know, we can talk about sparkling. No, see, because here's the thing about Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Meyer never looked at any vampire lore before she came up with her stories. She made up the whole concept of how vampires exist in the world for the purposes of serving her story, and um, you know. I will say this about Twilight. I was obsessed with it when it first came out. I, I know. read all the books. I read all the books about making the movie. There's a Team um, Edward shirt not too far away from I where we're sitting a right team now. Edward sweatshirt and a Team Jacob one. Um, oh, so you play both sides. I do. Ah. Uh, I le- but but what, what is it? What is your le- uh, allegiance then? My allegiance is with the Cullen family and with the vampires because the whole thing that really attracted me to those stories and made me love them... Oh, I fell asleep. Sorry. <laughs> ...was the idea that, you know, you have this family that exists and they chose each other and they all have the same philosophy. 
And, you know what, they never die and they never have to suffer and they can be together forever. And so, you know, I've lost family to cancer and I've had some times in my life where I was really lonely and and it would be, it was such a wonderful idea to me, a concept of of being together and being a family and knowing that no one could ever hurt you. Um, But obviously that's not realistic and I think the the love story in that is a crack of garbage, um, especially like thousand year old virgins, thousand year old virgins. Well, he was only a hundred, but Oh, only a hundred. But still, but that idea and the whole idea that like, you know, that vampires could coexist with humans and sort of be peaceful and, and have it be a good situation that never really sat well with me. And the whole idea that Bella, like, I mean, basically thinks that she's garbage and, you know, and Edward is everything. Um, that's not a very good message for young women to to think about love in that way. And so that, that kind of turned me off to the right, whole thing right. when I thought about that. Um, so what, what, what about some, some other characteristics that, that we've seen throughout the, the years? Um, so what I liked about when 30 Days a Night came out, 30 Days a Night came out when... Uh, you know, it was, it was a comic book, and then the movie came out at the time at the height of the Twilight mania. You know, so what I liked right. about Thirty Days Night was like, here we go. This is what I want to see. I want to see vampires as bloodthirsty monsters. I don't want to see them as the hundred-year-old yeah. sparkling virgins. Like, I right. I want to be scared. I'm not scared of Edward Cullen. I'm really You're not. not supposed no, to be. And, and yeah, but I should say that without ever having read a Twilight book or seen a Twilight movie. But this podcast is not about Twilight. No, it's about all the sort of vampire genres and sort of figuring out, you know, what's been done and what can be maybe, you know, where it's going to go from there. So let's um, talk True Blood. Let's talk about it. It was so on for sure. seven years? Um, I, I think so. I mean, there were definitely at least seven books. Um, I don't well, there were... I think there were four seasons. Maybe there were five. Um, but anyway, you know, I would have to say if you're interested in vampires, certainly Charlene Harris's books were far better than what they did with the series. It was on um, for seven years. Seven years, was it? Okay. I'm wrong. Um, I knew there were at least that many books. I, obviously, I probably blocked out some of the seasons. I gave up halfway through season five of True Blood because, you know, I was familiar with the books and it just... It just was such a departure and such a boring departure. We started getting all these politics, and I just kept thinking it was like episode one with the Senate hearings well, again. See, yeah, there we go again. What I like about Charlene Harris's books is that her vampires existed in the world with humans, and they coexisted, right. but they always thought of themselves sort of as superior to humans. Not Bill. Yes. I mean, Bill, I think, always tried to like play the, the line where he really still respected and loved humans. But most of the vampires just really thought that they were above humanity, and so they had their whole like political world going on, and they interacted with humans just as a means to get food. And then obviously in the books, the, the whole idea is that um, a Japanese company has created a substitute for blood that, you know, was used for medical purposes, but then they realized that they could apply it to feed vampires so that they could live, you know, out. Well, the vampires the realized that they could, and then they could use this to sustain themselves, and they came out of the coffin, right. is what, how they called it, yeah. Yes, which is a really cool idea to think that, you know, there could be these beings that have existed since the beginning of time and hid themselves, but, you know, in the now shadows. they can be, right, now they can like be. what they do in the shadows. Which is also a great movie. <laughs> they can be out with us. Um, but so that's an interesting approach. You have the Cullens over here in Twilight, who are trying to coexist with humanity peacefully and, Stephanie Myers creates this kind of world where that can happen. 
Um, and then you have True Blood, where the vampires have their own entire sort of political system and and life outside of hum- humanity. Um, right. And they could where they're exist, almost but... like god. They think they're almost like godlike. Right. Because but they're they super can... speed. Some can, right. fly. some can fly. The older they are, it seems the more powers that 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 they have. Almost it seems like is, right. is the and then obviously they, they all can live forever. So they have their right. own you know, ways of dealing with life because they don't have to deal with the idea that it's going to end for them. I mean, obviously, all of these vampires can be killed by some methods, right. but it's a lot harder than yeah, killing In, in True Blood, they... they I, I don't remember it happening in the books, but... I, no, it did happen in the books. The first season of True Blood, to me, is, is was great. It right. followed the book. It was, it, was, it was funny. It was sexy. It was gory. Right. It was scary. Campy. You know. Yeah, yeah. It um, had it had a lot of great great elements to sure. to the fir- the the first season. But you know, they got there was a vampires that were like burned. Remember, they were like bur- there was a house and right. they like burned the vampires. They could burn. I think that did happen they in the book. They could starve. Too. They could um, starve. Yeah. They you know they could be staked. Obviously, right. they could have their heads chopped off. You know, that's a good point. Um, while while we're on the subject of of starving, we should talk about uh, daybreakers. Sure, that's a really cool movie. Um, Great cast. Since I in, trashed in Stephen Hawk last time, I know I'll we should we should re- redeem him a little bit. So um, Daybreakers, but you know what? It's because Willem Dafoe is in it, so he <laughs> William Dafoe always he saves, saves it, every man. Movie. Yeah. Go, good for you, Mister Dafoe, for saving so many films from sucking. But, so what um, we look at with Daybreakers is that we're dealing with uh, a virus yes. that has has plagued the the whole world, you know, as far as we know, and has turned everybody into vampires. So you see people. Going to their normal jobs, and they're like in line at like Starbucks, and they're getting like blood in their coffee, and they're right. getting blood in their, you know, yeah, croissants. And but Daybreakers deals with the idea that blood could be a finite resource, yes. and so you can only, you know, take from humanity so much before you you sort of have a situation where there's more vampires than there's humans, right? Supply and then, demand, right? And mm-hmm. then they start to morph into complete, beasts. right? They lose because when all they of their starve, humanity. they turn they into starve. these monster type right. like vampires where you know so. they're brainless and they right. I think they have wings when they, they change yes, they I think do they yeah. turn into almost like bats so there's like here's a dichotomy that sort of goes on um, in vampire stories so you can have the one side where becoming a vampire is really a choice and you have to go through certain rites in order to become a vampire. And that's traditional mm-hmm. vampire lore. So that's Dracula. Right, um, when yes. When he turns Lucy, she has to make that choice three times. Um, and Dracula himself had to renounce God to, you know, get his status as a vampire. But Correct. But you have a whole other set of, of vampire stories where it's essentially a virus or a plague. So you have some really cool stories like The Strain. You have Justin yeah. Cronin's The Passage, the Passage series, which yeah. are just fabulous. You have I Am Legend. Yes, um, I Am Legend. Uh, which, yeah, which I had thought was really like a zombie movie, but then I came no. to find out that actually they were vampires. Yeah, so that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, you Once know, again, that's a, yeah the vi- vi- virus right, related. Right. So you have like that that yeah. sort of situation where it's a What's plague, that passage? Was you know? that, the passage was was virus related, right? Right. So the passage, the, passage, the, the twelve, ideas, and the new ones, the city of mirrors. Right. Those um, are books. The fabulous books if you haven't read them and you like to read at all i cannot recommend them more highly justin cronin was an english professor um and then he became a writer at the request of his daughter um and he's just a really beautiful writer i mean i was absolutely blown away um by the way he sort of rendered these uh characters who feel almost lifelike but his premise is um a man's wife 
was dying of cancer and he was a medical researcher. So he went down to the Amazon and was researching, you know, these, these subset of vampire bats, um, came back with, with a strain of something that he thought he could use to sort of prolong his wife's life. Um, but he tested it on a bunch of prisoners, right? Which is not the best idea. I mean, I realize that you have a captive audience there of people who are in prison for life and they don't, you know, really have anything else going on. But I would advise against using them for medical experimentation <laughs> because there can be disastrous consequences. Um, but essentially, yeah, his story is that it, it's a it's a virus um, and it can be sort of passed on and, and turn people into these zombies with a collective consciousness, which is very much like what happens, you know, in, in I Am Legend as well. Um but, uh, but so you have those two sort of ways that you can, that you can view vampires and how they, they come to exist. Um, certainly when vampires are created through a virus, um, you have that whole sort of zombie situation where again, you reach critical mass, um, because there's going to be more vampires than there are humans. Right. And so it's like, how do you sort of, you know, what happens? Um, Where in True Blood, they didn't seem as as into really turning, you know, no, like there was, it was a choice. They, it was a choice. They chose yeah. people that they wanted to turn, and you and had some to people want wanted that. wanted to be turned, right? right. Some yeah, people wanted to be. Turned I wouldn't want, to, want to. I wouldn't. Want. I, you I know, just, I'm saying I don't know. I mean, I think it, it's such an interesting thing to play around with, obviously, because it can't ever really happen. But um, when I was younger, the idea of getting to live. Not even forever, because I don't even believe vampires can really live forever. Um, but for a long time, you could read every book that you ever wanted to read. You could listen to every piece of music. You could, you know, travel to everywhere in the world. But, of course, in order to do that, other people have to sacrifice their lives, right? I mean, that's the thing that I think Stephanie Meyer's books really stayed away from. The the whole idea of being a vampire. Does anybody get turned in the in those? Like, Other than, I know that the main Bella character does. does at the end. Is she the only one? Um, I I can't remember off the top of my head. I think so. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no. There were a couple of other people that were turned in, like, side stories. Um, like, a young man was turned in Eclipse, and he sort of ended up being, uh, you know, helping out the the main female vampire okay. that wanted to kill Bella. Right. But anyway, um, but again, you know, in those stories, uh, it was it was relatively easy to, to turn a person. Um, I think it just required one sort of transfusion, and it wasn't... In, in Twilight, it wasn't really a decision. I mean, uh, the patriarch of the Cullen family made the decision for a number of people who were dying. Um, when we talked about, you know, our favorite movies from last year... A movie we brought up was a comedy movie called What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. That so, really is a story about vampires being outside of um, humanity. humanity. They keep right. to themselves. They, they can't see their reflections, so they, they're like... They have trouble you know, picking out clues. When they're trying to like go out. out at night, they're like... <laughs> you know, everyone else is dressing each other, all from different time periods, so they're still dressing... Uh, those right. time periods, um, and, and they you know, also they, but they talk about how the the changing process though. Right. They talk about in what we do with the shadows. They're like they they didn't have a choice. They were like basically attacked. Right. And then that father figure vampire, you know that that was with them. But this movie had had a great a great quote about the Why style like of blood. blood. So we'll play yeah. that here. I think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool. I think of it like this. If you were going to eat a sandwich, you would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So yeah, you have that whole concept of vampires and virginity, which is a lot of what was played around with with the original um, Bram Stoker's Dracula Right, story yeah. Line, which was about, you know, females coming into their own and owning their own sexuality. Um, but in order to do that, they also had to go with someone who renounced God because at that time, you know, everybody was very religious and, and being sexual in a woman was sort of seen as the worst thing ever. So let, let's talk about let's talk about the Gary Oldman Bram Stoker's Dracula because when, sure. when this Francis Ford Coppola movie came out it was a big deal because it does a, a lot of different stuff. We deal with the soil. You know, we right. saw some of that in The Strain which yes. we'll, we'll talk about The Strain in detail later because right. we love The Strain. Yeah, we The are Strain's fantastic. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. And neither one of us have... F stuff up. Yeah, we're getting effed up. Um... Neither one of us has read the Strain books, though. No. I feel bad. I know, because I think Guillermo del Toro is probably a fantastic writer. And Joe gave me those books, like, I don't know how long ago, years before it even started, telling me about how great it was. And yeah. Then, uh, yeah, I got... Uh, I mean, I'm writing a book series. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of really well-written vampire stuff out there. I mean, you have Anne oh, Rice. Oh, we're talking and... about... Bran- yeah, okay. We yeah, talk- I mean, and Dracula let's, let's itself start with Dracula, though, because Because we see the Gary Oldman, you know, we get the soil um, you know, that, he, that he came over with, and then got we got... the pale skin... Pale skin. Oh, does he turn into like a wolf at one point? Yeah. So he. So in that in that version of Dracula, he right. can become a bat or a wolf. Right, the bat it's and any the sort wolf. of like creatures of the night. A rat at one point oh, he yeah, becomes rat, like a bunch yeah, of rats, rats. Um, which I we reference in um, Squirrel King. Yes, we uh, do. Sarah, unclean, um, yeah, unclean, exactly. Um, and you know, it's sort of this heartbreaking story of a prince who was violent and cruel and was you know. Uh, fighting all sorts of wars and his wife, uh, you know, kills herself when she thinks that he's dead and he renounces God because they won't bury her on hollowed ground because she committed suicide. So um, it's a really, it's a sad sort of heart-wrenching and horrifying story about, mm-hmm. it is sort of like the story of, of Satan where, you know, you know, renounce God and you get cast out yeah. from humanity and you have to be alone and suffer in the dark. Right. Um, essentially that's what he's going through and then he is redeemed when his true love comes back centuries later um, and forgives him, essentially, and lets him go. But you, you have some, like, of a, the, his, the of historical, a yeah. like, like <laughs> Dracula, like, you have some of the historical stuff written down, right? You right, want to so talk sure, about yeah. Um, so the genesis of the vampire myth, you know, is really comes out of a couple of things. Um, one being Vlad the Impaler, sort of this... Um, this young prince in uh, Transylvania who killed his enemies in in war and left them out in the battlefield on stakes where they died slowly and bled out. And it was this whole idea that, you know, he bled them and survived off of their blood. And you had Elizabeth Bathory, who was um, known for killing virgins and bathing in their blood. So again, she was sort of seen as, you know, a vampire figure because the blood of the virgins sustained her. Um, You know, obviously not. She died, but... Um, that was the the sort of idea, and then there was also this issue of um, inbreeding that created these uh, maladies that people had, um, including porphyria, which really um, it's it was a blood sort of disease, uh, the inability to create heme, which is used uh, to create blood and tissue and bone, and people that that suffered from porphyria uh, were you know the product of inbreeding and they typically had um teeth that looked larger than normal because Mm -hmm, their gums didn't develop properly yes they couldn't be in the sun because the sun exacerbated right um their symptoms they um were very pale um 
and they had anemia. So back then, the, the treatment for anemia was to consume animal blood. And it was a sort of whole idea where if you were lacking in blood, you would consume it and then it would help to sustain you. But obviously right. that, that medically is completely incorrect. But <laughs> Don't that was try this the at day home. When people use leeches and things like that oh, too, right. which yeah, also exactly. didn't make sense. But essentially, you know, it, it was uh, – there was lack of medical research and there was a lot of mythology back then, especially because the church was so prevalent um, in educating the masses. Um mm-hmm it became sort of like this religious thing where, mm-hmm. you know, you live off of blood, you have to be in the shadows, you are against right. God, and the yes. way that we destroy you is, you know, with crucifixes and cutting off your head and things like that. We want to found the town of Springfield where we can marry our cousins. <laughs> so Again, inbreeding, not the best no, idea. No, once again, probably don't try that at home. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just gonna. It's not gonna throw turn that out you there. into a vampire for all of you weirdos out there. You know. So, the, <laughs> back to the strain though. The strain, the strain is great because you know we're dealing with the the, the virus kind of. Right. You know, like um, I mean, it, it did start from, you know, the, you're getting infected by by other creatures. I don't understand why so many people are still going out at night. You know, like... uh, you got to survive. And I guess, you know, it's like, how much information did people really have about what was actually going on? Right. Because usually, like, when there's uh, an attack like that... Yeah. You have F, who's a medical researcher, um, obviously. CDC doctor. Right, trying to figure out how we can stop this virus. Getting Well, yeah, while he drinks, like, all of the whiskey in (laughs) In Manhattan. Um, no, but Corey's a really good actor, so I won't take that away from him. Yeah, he's he's a lot of fun to watch, Ant-Man but, um, too. but yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a really cool story too, where you have this sort of this ancient evil presence that yeah. can take over bodies as he goes along and then he creates and he's, this like, you know, group of children that follow him around and he's using the, the bad people in society. So right. obviously like his right hand man was a Nazi. Yeah. Now, you know, it's this, uh, rock star who is yeah. very self-centered and, well, he is yeah. him now, right? Well, right, yeah. because he has the ability to sort of move into different bodies, which is an interesting concept. But he's got that the collective consciousness seen, really. where he can see through everybody's eyes. Right. And that's that's kind of cool. So you got, like, the Master, and the Master and is control just, like... people. I, you know, but figuring out the Master's endgame is, is kind yeah, of interesting because... We talk about this a lot. Yeah. So, what, you know, because he, he's got to realize that he's going to create critical mass if he keeps turning everybody. And you got a Daybreaker um, situation there. Right. Yeah. But, you know, he's the only one that's sort of leading this charge. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, and Justin Cronin touches on this in the passage as well, because but in that case, you know, the, the eight that, that started the whole thing, some of them got out of control. And so they were sort of like rampant, widespread vampirism. Um, but what do you, you know, sort of what do you do when when the vampires outnumber the humans. humans, yeah. What do you, you what do you do? Feed off of mm-hmm. something. It's like what you always talk about too, like robots. Like what what happens when the robots win? Yeah. Like what, what do they what, do with themselves? They're not, not gonna, gonna have ha- a robot yeah. party. They no. don't care. No, they don't care. Not gonna have that. robot sex. They no. don't need to. No. Well, but, mm. you know, they bring don't the lube. <laughs> Lots of it. So, um, um, uh, Hemlock Grove. Uh, you've seen the first season. Mm-hmm. Was, yeah, so that that's another three. one where we sort of they're have... They're like oop- oopers, I think they call them, though. 
vampires. Like P-I-R, yeah, they, yeah. They call them. Living um, around humans and trying to fit in even though right. they don't. They're a bunch of richers. Right. You know, uh, yeah. I can't think of her name. She was well, Jean see, yeah, I mean, if, you, if you think about X-Men. it, you, yeah. like Natasha, isn't it? No, it's Fam- not Natasha. Fam- I can see. Famke Jensen. That's it. That's it. Got it. Um, Woo-hoo, we got a name. You know, rich, vampires tend to be richers because they don't have to use their money to buy food no. <laughs> or shelter, really. No. You know, they're sort of leeches on Oh, that's society, another thing so when we talked about, like... And live for hundreds of years. So, of course, if you start investing around year 18 and then you live to be, like, <laughs> 500, you're going to have a shit ton of money. This is company and Microsoft. Um, basic mathematics. <laughs> <laughs> so so where do we stand on the whole glamoring thing? It, glamoring was it was the the true blood well, thing, but the uh, yeah, what I mean, we're talking about here is we're talking about like mind control from one right. one vampire to another like basically Jedi mind tricks. Well, you know? yeah, and, and uh Anne Rice used that heavily in her stories as mm-hmm. did um, you know, Bram Stoker when he wrote Dracula. I think if vampires are in a situation where they're coexisting with humanity, but they sort of have to keep themselves apart, they have to be able to glamour and they have to be able to hide themselves. Um, and if they're seen to, to, you know, close somebody's mind off to seeing them, um, because otherwise they, they couldn't survive, you know, it's not, it's not a situation where they're going to be accepted by society and fully assimilated at any time because, they kill to survive, so people are going to see them doing things sometimes that they don't want to see, and they're supernatural, so things that they can do might really scare the heck out of somebody mm-hmm. and, and maybe even drive them insane. So I think yeah. I think having that ability to, to glamour and do some mind control or some mind erasing would be absolutely necessary um, for the survival of that race. Well, there you go. Uh, moving on... Uh... Lost Boys was the movie you you <laughs> absolutely I love Lost Boys. Love. I don't. I know. I, hates it. I made him watch it once. And uh, he was like, "What is this crap?" It was like yeah, after like, she made me watch it, I was like, "Oh, I totally saw this like when I was a kid." Yeah, because some I like the Lost Boys because it, it. <laughs> yeah because it's creepy and sad and like you know it sort of shows like what what really happens if you take a beautiful, healthy young person and turn them into something that can't live in society and has to live off of blood you know they're going to be in these decrepit dark places but they're going to want friends they're going to want society so they're going to create their own that's sort of like off the grid um but they can't really survive because essentially they're still children you know and that's part of the interesting thing about vampires too because you see this in an interview with a vampire um when they when you turn children when you turn people and they're too young they don't have a chance to sort of understand who they are as people and they crave connection with others in a way that maybe as an adult you you can move away from um and usually child vampires are the most dangerous and disastrous um because they have needs and they don't they, have they the talk about to that uh being being human that was a great you know great show sure. that they talk about being that how the children the children vampires were all, always always mess because they don't have that control they don't have right. that they don't have yeah the urge control right yeah exactly that aiden had you know right and, and yeah, that's we, a cool show that. too. I, I watched show. a couple episodes of the British one, which I understood was pretty cool. But I really it's like the American diff- it's version. It's very different. Um, I thought Aiden was such a cool character, and They're again, they have cool. they had a, a political setup and a hierarchy mm-hmm. which they had to follow, right, um, right, in order to survive. But and they he broke had to the keep rules it a, secret. a lot, yeah. Especially living with with Josh, you know, living with right. the wolf—that was a big thing. So why are well, well, being human is a good a good segue into this. So why why do you think it's always Vampire and werewolves. You see this in so many things. You see it in Twilight. You saw it in 
being human. You um, let me check my my list here. I'm sure that there, there's a ton of other. True Blood was another Absolutely. example. Hemlock Grove, Twilight, yeah, um, has, has both. Right, um, yeah. So we're always seeing these two well, together. Yeah, I mean, and witches come in some in some too. Like Anne Rice does the the witches sure. too with all this. So like. Yep. Why can't it ever just be a vampire story? Why does it always have to be vampires and werewolves? Well, so Anne Rice's stories are, are typically only only vampires, and then she has separate stories about werewolves and witches. But in general, I think For it's reals? because... Yeah, I think the original story huh. of Dracula, Dracula could turn into a wolf or a vampire. Oh, okay. So that's... That's and, where that sort of came from. Van, he was Van Helsing is the not. We're not talking about the Hugh Jackman movie. Oh my god, that movie's so bad. But I know. The, what were you thinking, Wolverine? But Anthony Hopkins played Van Helsing in Bram Stoker's Dracula, right? Sure. Yeah. Yes, so he did. Um, Van Helsing was a you know he he was a werewolf hunter and a vampire right, hunter, he could, and he was well because yeah because in Dracula. Dracula's both. He's the wolf and the man. And the, He's anything yeah. that he can morph into. I think. I think that's the genesis of it. And then people over time just wanted to sort of lump it together. And, and when the Wolfman became his own thing, um, you know, you had that sort of universal horror story going on where you had Frankenstein and Dracula and the yeah. Wolfman. And and so I think it's just sort of gone from there. People feel like whenever they. Um, Whenever they're bringing sort of supernatural elements into it, it's like, why not bring the Wolfman to the party, right? Why not bring shapeshifters and witches? Because if you can accept the reality that vampires exist, why wouldn't you believe that all these other sort of creatures could exist too? And even fairies, you know, if you're, oh, right, if you're yeah. Charlene Harris. And fairies. She everybody and in there. She's got everybody in the, the mix. Witches and, yeah. The, yeah, and, and, um, and all the things and stuff. So, yeah, like, I mean, I think it's just sort of like once you open the door to, like, supernatural beings existing, why wouldn't you want to sort of... Because there's no vampires in Harry Potter, right? There's, well, no, there there is. Um, I can't remember what his name is, but he's mentioned a couple times in the books. You definitely have that Wolfman, and there's a vampire that's mentioned. Yeah, Lu- you got Lupin. Right. And you got fairies. I, you know, you he's a very minor character elves. that Dumbledore knew. And he's mentioned, I think, only in the last few books. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But, yeah, he... Drawing you know, a blank. Yeah, there. so there was, you know, one vampire. I don't think that he ever, like, makes a speaking appearance. No, uh, and he was Definitely not in the movies. No. Um, and I don't even think in the books. But, obviously, you have that evil um, werewolf that, that killed a number of people um, in J.K. Rowling's world um, in Harry Potter. I can't remember his name either, but I was just watching the Half-Blood well, I was talking about L- Lupin being... Well, Lupin's a, a werewolf, well, too, Lupin's right? a werewolf, But right. he, was, he was turned by but that you're talking really about the, the guy. Yeah, right, that, okay. Yeah, that's that what you're talking about. Yeah, right, yeah. Okay. So, um, let's circle back to, you know, American Horror Story. Sure. I, I liked... I liked the vampire aspect of this season. Oh yeah, I liked you know I thought Lady Gaga was she was terrifying and she was it was funny and she was brilliant. I never really saw her act outside of Saturday Night Live before, you know the whole you know like when she was teaching the guy like how to be a vampire. He's like you know cut the cut and and eat you know slit right. the slit the you know that was cool. She didn't have fangs. She just had right she, no fangs. Yeah, so she just she, had to she use would implements. cut right, right. but. Uh, and then you know the, she had her like the children you know like right. that was creepy. Well, she kept control over those children, yes, which is did. different than you see in most stories. Except that then when the was, woman like, got away from her for a little bit and turned the children that weren't with Lady Gaga, they went right. They went nuts. Told everyone. So all the vampire stuff about the season I thought were great. Yeah, the, I agree. The ghost a lot of fun. stuff and everything else it, it kind of bored me. 
I like some of it. I have to say that I just um, I felt that 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 young man uh, that played the serial killer that sort of started all the issues yeah. at the Hotel Cortez yeah. just was phenomenal. Yeah, he was good. I mean, yeah. I loved the accent that he affected and the sort mm-hmm. of character that he created. It was so talking cool. About Evan Peters, character, Evan right? Peters, yeah, and I really wish that he's they really like we've really seen him like grow up, you know, yeah, yeah. over the last. This is what the fifth season of American Horror Story, right? I think so. Because yeah. we went, we went House, Asylum, Coven, S- Coven, and then Circus. Circus yeah, so this is the fifth, fifth one. Yeah, so we've really seen him grow up, right. you know. And then he was in, he was in X Men, last X Men movie, and right. he's going to be in the new X Men movie too, right? So it's good yeah, for Evan him. Peters really rocked it, and I loved Gaga's character too. I think it was such so interesting um, how she became a vampire, Gaga, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> and like how sort of sexy she was. Yeah. I mean, she—that's the thing that's also a lot of fun about these vampire stories. Not so much like in The Strain or in I Am Legend, but that Nothing whole like sort of about idea about being like a really sexy, enigmatic character yeah. that sort of draws you in. And you that was one thing I loved about what we do in the shadows because they all thought they were like hot hot like yeah. so hot guys it's like they like, go out there, oh, I don't think so there buddy yeah nobody you know? wanted to like have anything to do with them no because they're all dressed weird <laughs> yeah, and, and acting weird yeah and acting weird mm-hmm. um so Blade you know yeah. Blade Blade's Marvel he's in the Marvel you know he's not in the Marvel cinematic universe with the Avengers and stuff like that mm-hmm. though there was a rumor at one time that you know with all the characters that are going to be in the Infinity War, that Blade was part of it. I don't think that's true anymore. But I like Blade. You know, I, I like Blade one fun. and two. Yeah, three. Yeah. What were we that. just watching? It was like oh, oh God, man, seeking women. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna watch Blade they were three. Watch the three Blade movies, and everybody kept telling him like, hey, I don't watch the third. I don't one. watch the third one. That was that's great. a fun show. If if you guys like listening to us talk and like reading our books. Yeah, we're gonna do like, an upcoming podcast. But what what are we watching on TV? Yeah, and definitely. yeah, definitely talk about man seeking woman. Show, but. You gotta do that yeah, before so I mean, shows are over this so year. So I think, you know, right now in the world, you have you have a lot of vampire stuff going on. I think it's going to die down for a while. I don't think it's dead, because you can always come up with, with more to say about... It's funny that you say that, because I was thinking, it was like, Anne Rice cornered the market for years. Sure. There would be a, a vampire movie that pop up here and there, but Anne Rice had the books, you know, and then there, there was at least two movies. There was Interview for a Vampire, which I can't stand, and then there was... Yeah. The Queen of the Damned, which is just like, what is this? Even though I've watched it like 500 times because I was obsessed with the Lestat, but that was like on all my like research of like bad vampire movies, it's always number one. It's like the worst. (laughs) It's so cheesy, stupid. That that one, that one's like number one, and uh, and Vampire Brooklyn's like number two. Oh God, (laughs) no! With Eddie Murphy, why did that movie ever happen? That is so so bad. So you had Anne Rice, and then. You know, she's still doing her thing, but then you had, like, you know, Charlene Harris came out, mm-hmm. Stephanie Meyer came out. Who wrote The Vampire Diaries? Um, those books are... LJ... I can't remember her last name. I'll put you on the spot. I well, to, those yeah, books came out, though, the in the books. 90s, though, right? So, yeah, so I used to read those books when I was in high school, and there's also right. a book called The Silver Kiss, which is really cool about uh, vampire teenagers. Um, the books... I, I like the show, actually, Vampire Diaries, a lot more than I like the books. I really enjoyed the books when I was a preteen and a teenager, but I think the writers on the Vampire Diary show are superior, um, and they just really created a cool universe where um, everything is sort of followed up on, and it's always surprising and fresh. So props to those guys. So That's the spinoff show. show, the originals, is that based on books, or is that... 
No, that's, that's their just made entire up. own creation. Um, a and character does it work? Klaus. Do you, you like it's it? It's a really good show too. And the, the cool thing about that show is it takes place in New Orleans, and there's a lot of footage of actual New Orleans. Oh, that's which cool. Is one of my favorite cities. Um, so that show is a lot of fun too. Um, I like the original Vampire Diaries just because it's a little bit more sort of funny and irreverent. Um, the originals tends to be a lot more serious and about history and sort of mythology and lore, but it's still a really solid show. Yeah, something you acting. always told me. Uh, so I only ever watched the Vampire Diaries. I watched the pilot. And I got halfway through it, and I was like, I, "This just isn't isn't for me." But you know, you often encourage me through the years to like, you know pick it back up. I started watching because the guy who played Boone on Lost. Oh, you know, I love him. him, Ian Summerall. But something, yeah, that's his name. So you, something you always told me about Vampire Diaries, which I thought was interesting, is you just said like, you know, there'll be this main character, and she's around and around and around, and then all of a sudden, boom, gone, just dead. Yeah, just gory. Just they'll kill people. Keep you on your off. toes. They absolutely do. They they'll kill people off in surprising ways. Um, they have interesting story arcs that continue for several episodes at a time. They have, um, you know, artifacts and things like that that come up in one story and then they use it, you know, later on later in the on season and you've attention. forgotten about I it. I love and stories like, wow. like that. It's just really well written um, and it's a really nice paced show. Um, and the, the episode that I watched the other week um, when Elena sort of meets her end and leaves the show um, was just awesome. I was like cheering. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, that's a really well-written show, but that, you know, in that situation, you have vampires trying to coexist with humanity, but right. it just leads to disastrous results over and over again because they, you know, some of them can't control their bloodlust and they have the ability to turn off their humanity, at which point they're complete loose cannons. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think that there are definitely other places that people can go with vampires if they're inventive and, and trying to, to share something about the human experience, but... For right now, I think we'll, things will be quiet on the vampire front for a little while um, because we obviously had an oversaturated market with um, Stephanie Myers um, and with sort of True Blood and then also, you know, you have various other films and books out. But I'm really amped for Justin Cronin's third piece of his trilogy on, on vampire lore, uh, obviously called City of Mirrors. Um, and I'm still watching The Vampire Diaries, so I don't, I don't think we're done... With uh, with vampires, I don't think we ever will be. Um, but uh, for now, you know, I don't know if anything new is going to come out. But I'm still enjoying the things that are going. So, on. From Dust Till Dawn is a movie I like a lot. Which yeah, it's a pretty funny movie. It, it's a funny. Movie. I have not caught the show. Ridiculous. I know it's on. The, I know, like, I think the first two seasons are on Netflix now. I know at least the first season's on. So I, I, it's like on there. The it's like I get the time. I want to, um, yeah, run through that. I, the the dialogue and everything, I, I just love it. And, you know, you're... Very campy. You're watching it for a while, and you're like, is this a vampire movie? What's going on here? Right. And then it sort of comes out of nowhere. I want to watch Nosferatu, actually. I think that's really fascinating. You've never seen it? Um, no, I've only seen yeah. clips of it. Let the Right One In, fantastic. Um, the Swedish version is so good. It's so creepy. Um, and the American version is pretty decent, too. Chloe Grace Moritz really brings it. Um, and that sort of solitary, uh, heartbreaking role of being a little girl that's a vampire and having to find someone to protect you, um, you know, who's human and can allow you to sort of fit in in the world. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of fun vampire stories out there. So uh, we'd love to hear what you guys think mm-hmm. um, if we've missed any of your favorites. You know who has never done a vampire movie, though? Who's that? Yeah, yeah. Is, is someone who, who's graced our presence in, in, in several of our 
our our podcast over over the last last couple of weeks. Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's right. This is me, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, right. So yeah, we we really haven't seen Arnold like tangle with with vampires. So th- I did read a reference that um, Life Force, which is kind of like an um, alien vampire kind of movie that came out in the eighties. It was a pre Next Generation Patrick Stewart. Um, a movie with with him in it, where a remake with 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 Arnold in it, you know. Stop it! And that's that's yeah. you know. I don't just... know. Yeah, I don't know. If, I I'd be interested to see how Arnold takes on the vampire genre, but clearly he has a character that gets to continue to. Come on, don't bullshit me. All right, sir. Live on and on in the Terminator. Um, you know. I I think age. I think we've we won't see another Terminator movie for a long time though. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, I I think they are pretty much disappointed and, and are sticking the nail in the coffin. There you go. Yeah. And then there's also, you know, other comedic vampire movies like Dracula Dead and Loving It, which is <laughs> Leslie Nielsen, right? Yes. He's always yeah, great. He's pretty funny. Yeah, I wanted to stay so far away from um, Vampire Academy that looked really dumb. Oh, God, I didn't even watch that. Really? One. Yeah. Wow. There's one. Yeah. There's one that there's I There's one you seen. haven't seen. Probably everything else that I can think of yeah, that I've ever seen. I've, you've really I've caught. at least given it a chance. But that one, that just seemed like too corny, too much of like a ripoff of other things. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that that's it for this week. Yeah. So th- thanks for listening. We'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on vampires. Uh, Absolutely. You can uh, go on to our website, uh, www.prisondad.com. Check out our books. Yeah. Check out our, put a free story out um, last week about uh, a beer drinking uh, app phones that people are swipe left and right to compete in beer drinking competitions. It's pretty funny. A lot more fun than Tinder. <laughs> a lot less likely to end up with an STD. But. <laughs> but anyway, well, yeah, we always like talking to you guys, and we hope you enjoyed our conversation about Dracula and other vampires. And come back next week where we're going to talk about something. Something cool. Yeah, something yeah. cool. Maybe Star Wars again. Maybe. Probably. We love Star Wars. So. Right, exactly. All right. Take care. Thanks. <laughs>